0: THE HISTORY OF THE BIG RED CHEESE, CAPTAIN MARVEL. Cut to 1939. Bill Parker wanted to create new heroes for his line. His pitch? Six heroes, each with the power of a mythological figure. Ralph Dye of Fawcett Comics decided to combine those six powers into one hero. And he was Captain Thunder. C.C. C. Beck was brought on to illustrate it and they wanted to do a different story, as opposed to the pulpy comics that had come before. They wanted a story that was imaginative and fun. The first issue came out in Flash Comics and Thrill Comics, but they quickly found out that they could not use the names Captain Thunder, Flash Comics, or Thrill Comics. And so the book became Wiz Comics, and Captain Thunder became Captain Marvelous, who was quickly shortened to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is 12-year-old Billy Batson who thanks to the power of the wizard Shazam turns into Captain Marvel who has the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Whatever he says Shazam, the powers come to him. Billy works for a, as a Billy works as a kid reporter and deals with several problems, including his arch-nemesis, Dr. Savannah, as well as Black Adam, Captain Nazi, Iback, and Mr. Adam. One of his other main villains, Mr. Mind, formed the Monster Society of Evil in one of the most famous Captain Marvel stories of all time. And that Monster Society of Evil contained everything from Crocodile Men and the Hydra to Hitler, Mussolini, and Tojo. As time went on, they introduced more Marvels to the Marvel family, including Mary Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., Uncle Marvel, Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, and his friends like Mr. Talky-Tawny. The world also included other heroes that Fossa Comics published like Bullet Man, Bullet Girl, Spy Smasher, and more. And some of the most famous stories were written by Otto Binder. While the book sold incredibly well, to the point where he was the most popular superhero at the time, so Detective Comics, which eventually became DC Comics, decided to take them to court for copyright infringement in 1941, claiming Captain Marvel was based on Superman. It was in litigation for seven years, and DC ended up being found negligent in copywriting Superman and actually lost the rights with Fawcett winning the case in 1951. National Comics, what DC Comics had become at the time, appealed the case in 1952 and got the copyrights to Superman back. The judge, though, found that Captain Marvel, while not being an infringement, had specific stories and feats that could be seen as infringing on Superman, and it went back to court. Unfortunately, thanks to the start of the fade of superhero comics, Fawcett decided to settle out of court because the sales of superhero books were declining during World War II, And they got out of the business and paid National Comics a sum of $400,000 in damages. There's also some stuff where a British company started making Captain Marvel Comics and became Marvel Man and Miracle Man, but that's a story for another, much more confusing day. In the 1960s, when superheroes entered the Silver Age and came back into vogue, Carmine Infantino, who was the publisher at DC at the time, licensed the character. They could no longer call the book Captain Marvel because Marvel Comics had their own Captain Marvel, so it was published under the title Shazam, and they started doing reprints. New issues showed up in Shazam number one in 1973, with a story revealing that Captain Marvel and Mary Marvel had been trapped in suspended animation for 20 years, but they were freed when the capsule that they were trapped in drifted too close to the sun and freed them. But unfortunately, the book never got back to the old magic. But these stories were established as taking place in Earth-S. Since then, there have been some good bits with Shazam and Captain Marvel. But overall, it's been hard for DC to know what to do with what was once their greatest competitor. Luckily, here on Multiversal Q, we've got some good stories to talk about.
1: Man, your voice cracks so fucking horrible right there. Yeah, well, that was like
0: four minutes of monologue there. That's,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I wanted it to be more austere, and I wanted to do that newsman voice, but I I came from Pathfinder. This is Multiversal Q. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And we're your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. Someone brought up that. There hasn't really been a guide to the comic book multiverse that we've done that hasn't been in podcast form. And to them we say,
1: well, now it is in podcast form. That's not true, because there's the book, The Marvel's Guide to the Multiverse, that was in book form. Well, no, but us doing
0: the guide. But yes, we are at our big 10th numbered episode. Yeah! Anniversary, guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And what we want to do, like we had stated way, way back, about three months ago now? Yeah, Is that uh, we wanted these 10th episodes to focus on one of the DC multiverses because Devin's not the biggest fan, and a lot of the times there's a lot bigger stories that take place. And it's something that we can commemorate because Marvel had millions of multiverses, infinite multiverses, and now they don't. But DC's kept their 52 numbering. Very consistent. Yeah, since the, what was it, 70s? 80s? Yeah. When was Crisis? Well, it was even before Crisis. But uh, we have three stories to talk about today. Shazam! The Monster Society of Evil, Thunderworld Adventures, and the first issue of Convergence
1: Shazam. Shazam!
0: and the Monster Society of Evil.
1: Well, guys, if you're ever going to read one Shazam book... This is the one to pick. One, it gets you pretty much through the entire, like, history of the character. It's a nice origin story. And more importantly, it is written by comic fan favorite Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith you may know from the fantastic award-winning series Bone, or his more recent adventures with Razzle. And then I guess he has a, what's it called? A webcomic called Tukey, the first human, which is also very good.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And these issues came out in 2007. They were actually a four-year project that started in 2003. And they were colored by Steve Hamaker, who won an Eisner for his coloring work on bone. And he and
1: Jeff Smith live in the Columbus area. Yes, both met local heroes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Met Jeff Smith several times because he does many events in Columbus. Mm -hmm.
0: And unlike uh, some of the stories that we normally cover, this is one of those universes where there's not a named universe, but it is such a good story. Oh, man. it's a
1: great story. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, it actually is a it takes it to place a little bit technically in the future, but it's Billy Batson is sleeping in an abandoned building where he's assaulted by a local thug LeGream, and is getting beaten up. It kind of flashes off to a different time to a previous time with uh, Billy Batson talking to Taki Tani, a local homeless man. Taki telling him that he doesn't need to live like this as a little homeless boy, he should go to the shelter, which Billy's not a fan of. At that point in time though, he sees a man who looks like his father going down into the subway, to which Billy follows. And then at that point, then he finds a magical red and yellow train. And of course, he just magically gets on the train.
0: Yeah, and th- all of the designs in this book are just so beautiful.
1: Oh, they're so nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, gets on the train. The man tells him to get off when it stops. And what he sees then are the giant statues of the seven deadly sins. And at the end is an old wizard sitting in a giant stone uh, chair. Underneath a precarious...
0: Yes, underneath a great? very
1: precarious boulder.
0: And what I love is that the uh, seven sins here, they have their eyes closed right now. Yes. Because they're sleeping. And it's not the seven deadly sins from the Bible. It's sort of a more all-ages-appropriate one. Lost isn't in there, for example. Yeah. It's uh, injustice.
1: Yeah, it's pride, envy, greed, hatred, selfishness, laziness, and injustice.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're the seven enemies of man. Yes.
1: At said point, the wizard starts talking to Billy, telling him he is not a god, just a very old man. At said point, they basically have static electricity zappingness, and then lightning starts coming everywhere, to which we have the old wizard explaining what all the different powers Captain Marvel has and tells Billy to say the magic word. Shazam! Which I love, because it's just like, where would he have known that that was the magic word? That's how I know that Billy is the Chosen One. Oh, and I get that. Captain Marvel appears in a big, giant flash of lightning, which causes the rope to start to fray. And the wizard says, say the damn word again. <laughs> <laughs> to what she does, and then the rope breaks and kills the wizard. Now it flashes back to the very beginning of the book, with Le Green still trying to beat up on little Billy to take his money. At said point, Captain Marvel appears and kicks the crap out of Le Green.
0: He intimidates him. It's
1: He grabs him and twists his arm. And then Le Green jumps out of the way, just like Hitler escaping in Danger 5. And then Captain Marvel starts to judge Billy's lifestyle living as a homeless kid.
0: Which, it's always one of those interesting factors where like parts of the story have definitely been updated to have a more modern feel but Mm -hmm. having a kid who lives homeless on the streets and survives is definitely one of those weird things that it seems like it'd be harder to do nowadays i
1: agree well then billy leaves his house the next morning and Le green attacks him again (laughs) he makes a run for it runs up to the local hot dog vendor, gives him some money and says, this is for my friend Captain Marvel. Then he keeps running off, and Le Green shows up. The hot dog vendor gives Le Green the hot dog, but then Captain Marvel appears, takes the hot dog, and tells him to back the fuck down.
0: <laughs> In a much more polite tone.
1: This is your last warning. <laughs> Stay away from me, says Le Green, and he runs away. And then Shazam starts getting all excited about all the different toppings on the hot dog. And believes the hot dogs are the greatest things ever invented. Which I just love. This is now two episodes of our ten where hot dogs have come into play. Well, then Shazam decides to fly super fast, goes back in time to the point of all reality starting, which is at the Rock of Eternity. Which in this thing is kind of a mountain where. So we get to another one, the other one's just kind of like a giant floating stone. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually liked how this one worked.
0: They're built sort of the same way, but that gets into the construction of the DC multiverse.
1: Yeah. And then when Shazam goes back in time, though, it causes Billy to also appear with him. So both of them are there to present themselves to the wizard, who is now an Obi-Wan Kenobi Force ghost. Mm Mm-hmm. Also,
0: one of the uh, nice touches that they have is that the Rock of Eternity is a holy place, so they always have to take off their shoes. Yes,
1: yeah, I did like that. Oh, and Billy is forbidden from going to the top of the mountain because that is from before the universe was created, before the Big Bang. Well, at this point in time, Billy is told that he cannot say the word Shazam in any place that has come around the Rock of Eternity because that would mean magics were fusing together and unknown things could happen then. Which I kind of loved because he totally says at the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it does a good job of establishing the rules and staying with them.
1: Yes, I agree. Billy says he doesn't need anyone. He's fine on his own. And the wizard touches Billy's forehead and reveals that he has a sister named Mary. Apparently, he did not know about. Which one was making me question when he was orphaned then.
0: It's sort of like how sometimes Cyclops doesn't remember he has havoc.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. But yeah, so we explain the paradox. Billy gets super emotional over the fact he finds he has a sister and leaves. With Captain Marvel and the wizard still talking, when all of a sudden they realize that Billy has in fact climbed up Mount Eternity and has gone through the magical vortex in the sky. Well, Captain Marvel grabs him and pulls him back down. Billy wakes up the next day in his room thinking it's just all a dream. Now, cutting to set point, we see two muggers attacking some woman, which Billy tries to stop. Well, turns out, they're crocodile men. Billy's like, what the hell is this? And then, bam! Shazam! Here comes Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel stops the crocodile men and flies up with them. And the crocodile men keep talking about their leader, called Mr. Mind and points to the comings and goings of the Central Park, which has two giant footprints in it. That looked like Billy's footprints. We don't know that yet, Luke. And so ends book one. Now, going on for book two. Bam. Billy's watching TV, where he sees the giant footprints. At which point he looks at the bottom of his shoes and realizes, oh, shit, those are my footprints. Now, at this point, we see Dr. Savannah. Who is in this movie, or in this uh, comic book, Dr. Savannah, Attorney General. And also director of Heartland Security. And technology.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is great, because he's very uh, post-9-11 mentality.
1: Oh, very much post-9-11 mentality.
0: (laughs) But he's also, uh, we find out later, the head of Savannah uh, Technology. Mm -hmm. And he's a war profiteer, which they make very clear is immoral
1: and evil. Which I left here because right afterwards he goes downtown to where he sees Dr. Sivana giving his big speech. And the last part that he gives the Sivana says is, remember, the terrorists win if we change our lifestyle, so go immediately to your local mall and spend, spend, spend. Keep the economy strong. That is basically word for word what President Bush said after 9-11. Pretty much. So yeah, so no, I agree, there was many parallels to that in here. Well, at this point, Billy sees that there's a whole bunch of ants that are just crawling around the ground. And right before they get stomped on by Le Green again, freaking Le Green's just everywhere, Mm -hmm. Billy shoves him and knocks him back. Le Green chases him to the circus, where, at said point, the Monster Society of Evil, which is a circus act, is about to go on. Well, the alligator tamer, he is tam the alligators. The second he lets them out of the cage, the alligators eat him.
0: Revealing themselves to be alligator men.
1: Yes. And then the alligator men decide they want the children. And then at that point in time, Billy sees that his little sister, that he never knew about, is also in attendance at the circus. He yells Shazam, at which point Le Green and his friend notice that that has happened. But they scurry off as Captain Marvel saves all of the children from the bad, evil alligator men. While teaming up with the magical tiger, who can also talk.
0: One of the things that I
1: loved about the
0: details is when uh, Captain Marvel is like getting ready to fight them. They're like, all is lost, quickly, eat the children! <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Which was one of those uh, internet pa- uh, comic handles that I saw without context. It was always a
1: favorite one. <laughs> Oh, that would be a good one. I mm-hmm. also did love how he stops them from eating the children, which is by sticking his own head in their <laughs> mouths so that they break. break. <laughs> well, now Mary is in love with Captain Marvel. So now this gets into a whole Luke and Leia situation, and it gets kind of weird. <laughs> it does not get anywhere near as weird. No, it does not. But then at that point in time, holy moly, what should appear? Some weird giant creature thing out in the middle of the, the park. Which I did love. You can tell this is a classic Jeff Smith, because if you look at the eyes, they are identical to the rat creatures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about, like this giant, really simplistic creature with these huge shoulders and these long arms and just these two red dot eyes. And a weird, like, computer circuity symbol yeah, on the
1: front. Yeah, I agree. And basically, it's Mr. Mind is talking through these magical things, basically saying that two more of them shall appear. Wait for the next message. Captain Marvel realizes he can't do anything and flies off. At which point he finally finds Mary, who is also with the magical talking tiger, who reveals himself to be Talkie Tawny, everyone's favorite homeless man. Slash Ifrit. Yes. Well, at this point in time, Captain Marvel turns back into Billy, which I believe the way they're making it seem is Billy Batson cannot breathe while he is Captain (laughs) Marvel. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah it's a weird thing i think it's more of like if they stay together too long they sort of just get lost yeah i like it though also i do love how they draw billy and mary in this because they do look like kids
1: Mm -hmm. because jeff smith can draw really really well yeah Oh, jeff smith is the best Mm -hmm. but yeah so then there's a cute little bonding moment once again between mary and billy And then it becomes sundown, and a second monster appears in the middle of the town. Exactly the same as the one before it. Except a different front symbol. Yeah. Bailey Badson decides to turn into Shazam to go try to figure out what's going on. And when he does, lightning that bounces off of him strikes Mary in the chest. She goes flying into a car that gets immediately crushed. But turns out she's okay because she has now turned into Mary
0: Marvel. One of my favorite details about Mary is the first time that we see her when uh, Shazam reveals her back in the uh, first issue is, like, the uh, doll that she has has no clothes on and has, like, two green mohawks mm-hmm. on the side. It's one of those great, like, character descriptive details.
1: That yeah. She and is a rough-and-tumble kid. She is definitely a rough-and-tumble kid. Well, here we have the fact that Mary learns that she can fly in a super-fast... Not as st- strong like Captain Marvel is, though. Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing I liked to notice too was the fact that, I mean, she doesn't change her appearance, like, at all.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, Captain Marvel is a adult and Billy is a... A small kid. little boy. Yeah. Where Yeah. Mary just basically gets the clothing. hmm Which, I mean, he doesn't show up in this, but I think uh, Captain Marvel Jr. was a, like, teen slash young adult and he stays a teen or he gets,
1: like, slightly younger. Yeah. And so it's that fun twist. Well, then book two ends with both Mary and Shiz- you know, Captain Marvel flying towards the two robots. And which, at the beginning and end of every single one, there's the Captain Marvel magical code to figure out what the different titles of the books are. Mm-hmm. But they're all jumbled. So you had to go to the DC website to figure out what the magical code key was. Or
0: figure out a cipher. The, uh...
1: It's actually just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like A equals Z and so on.
0: Yeah, it's the uh, alphabet in reverse. The yeah. uh, hardcover that I had gotten had all of the uh, translations in it.
1: Oh, well, fine. Me. Some of us had to do it and work all at hard at night to try to figure out what it is. So just chapter three, Savannah comes on strong. <laughs> as if that isn't the greatest title of this chapter, I don't know what it is. Okay, well at this point in time, we learn that one of Mary's other powers is she can deduce the life force of things and realizes that the two creatures are actually robots, not, in fact, animals. Well, at this point in time, bam, military shows up. And they start a shooting. Billy decides he doesn't want to test to see whether or not Mary's bulletproof and takes the shot for her.
0: Yeah, I do like how she
1: was willing to uh, see that. I agree. And then yep, they fly off to escape the evil military police and return to Billy Batson's home. Mary gets super excited for her TV, and at this point in time she turns it on to learn that all the insects from the city have magically disappeared. And before they can learn about anything else, bam, in busts in Le Green and Dr. Savannah. Because LeGreen has sold out the Billy Batson and Shazam. Dr. Savannah. Dr. Savannah doesn't give a crap about the fact that Catch a Marvel claims they're just trying to help, kidnaps the two children, and takes them to the t- foothold of the two giant monsters. For Heartland security. Yes. Well, Dr. Savannah has his magical, giant, giant, giant binoculars to try to look and see what's going on. And he sees a weird magical doodad come out of one of the giant ro- robot's legs. He tells the greed in his front to go charge in after it. Because you won't let the terrorists win, will you? (laughs) USA! USA! Hell no. (laughs) The one swear word in the entire book. Terrorists can't come into my town without a fight. Yeah, let's kick their asses. (laughs) Bzzz. Both of them get zapped. They start screaming,
0: <laughs> and uh, like their flesh starts to uh, pimple out. And Savannah's like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then they both turn into giant monsters,
1: and they basically, and... Dragon. They basically become dragon people. Yeah. And then they start charging at Savannah, who tries to free Billy to so that he can shout "Shazam," but kind of loses out and runs away. Billy, luckily, in the nick of time, manages to rip off the tape out his mouth and scream "Shazam." Captain Marvel appears, defeats Le and his friend, and then runs up and punches the magical... Sorry, the magical ray. Which which pisses off Savannah. Yes, because Savannah wants everything to be saved so that he can try to weaponize it for the military and make a huge profit. Well, at this point, even more and more and more and more monsters come and fight Captain Marvel. Well, bam, in comes in the military with their tear gas. Billy only manages to escape and gets to Takitani. Tani, tells him about Savannah's plan, which, yes, this is where we get into Taki's war profiteering. That's immoral and illegal. We can stop him, Billy. And then, bam, they start trying to devise a plan. Let's go talk to the super hot reporter at SNN.
0: Well, and uh, that's where Taki runs off and turns into a tiny cat, correct?
1: No. No. That is. Oh, yes. No, yes, it is. Yeah.
0: I do like how uh, Jeff Smith added in the cat anus.
1: I agree. <laughs> and yes, Billy goes to talk to you, the super pretty reporter. Who had uh, earlier before yelled at him. And yeah, she was not very nice. <laughs> no. And then, yep, Billy's trying to talk to her. Please help me find my lost sister. She's been kidnapped. No. <laughs> and Fine. Billy looks goes off and looks sad. And BAM!
0: In comes Captain Marvel! They totally sexualized the heck out of Captain Marvel though. Hell it? yeah, they did. The, uh, secretary and the news reporter.
1: Mm-hmm. Hubba hubba. <laughs> Direct quotation. Alright, wait over there while I call up to his office. Because now Shazam is now going to meet with the head of the SNN so they can try to report about Savannah's evil activities. Though I did love that after he's done talking to the reporter, you have Captain Marvel talking to, technically, Billy Batson. Did you like that, Billy? Yes, I did. How do you feel about that other Barry? Exactly. <laughs> and then, bam, the cat starts going around. And then the cat starts getting shot at by the police. The cat is Tommy, who is now magically seeing that... what something's coming out of the uh, robot's legs. Now, we get to meet the head of SNN. Who says that gives him a little um, kind of like video recorder and says that you must now go and record and prove that Dr. Savannah is doing up to these evil shenanigans. And that he's kidnapped your. Yeah. The girl. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then I'm just going to write out your every location to the police. Well,
0: he doesn't say that to Shazam. Yeah.
1: Or Captain Marvel,
0: he says that after Captain Marvel's left. And he's like, well, if uh, Captain Marvel is right, We've got the biggest story ever. If he's wrong, we can sell him out.
1: Basically. <laughs> Which is a sadly adult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then at this point in time, Billy and Taki team up again for the final outing. What's this? So man guards at the very bo- bias of the f- um, robot foothold. What can this mean? No, Billy, don't go in there. Screw you, Taki. I'm going in. Bam. End book three. Billy, stop. Listen to me. I can't. I have to save Mary. Which, actually, I like this, too, because this part is, at least, when you get to really see that Captain Marvel's supposed to be, like, the host. Like, has to have, like, a host person. But this is where you kind of, kind of also see that, like, Billy Batson's actions have, like, an effect on Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And, Like, yeah, his yeah. rash and boldness is just kind of really rubbing off of, no, screw this, gotta get in there. Well, they managed to get into the robot's legs. But he realizes that he can't get into the little shaft because it's too tiny. So he must turn back into Billy Batson. But since the robots came from the before time because of Billy's actions going through the magical vortex at the Rock of Eternity... He can't say Shazam inside. It's true. Or something, question mark, will happen. And then he gets inside and there's TV monitors everywhere where there's this weird evil-looking face. It's Mr. Mind at which point in time he sees Dr. Savannah on the TV screens carrying his kidnapped sister up as well. Which is
0: kind of an amazing feat considering how small Savannah is. He's yeah. no, like, oh, I mean, three or four inches on her.
1: Yeah, like if. <laughs> well, at that point in time, Billy's finally figured out what happened to all the bugs. They're inside the robots. And they're like ready to swarm on him, and then like some of the cockroaches. And some of the answers like, no, he spared us this one time, or he saved us this one time. Let's let him live. <laughs> well, turns out because Mr. Mind is an evil snake. Worm. Well, I guess it's a worm. In this one, though, he looks like a snake. Look mm-hmm. at that picture. He looks like a snake. He's a magical worm. Yes. I guess he looks more menacing, I guess, than he does in other pictures of him. Yeah. Which is another thing I will give Joseph props for. Well, Billy Batson sees that there's finally a little hatch that Sylvana's escaped through and tries to follow him. Well, Turns out they were both in the wrong robot at the wrong time. They
0: were in the other robot.
1: Yes. He's just like, well, damn, I wanted to be in that robot. Well, turns out there's magical little chairs on top of all the robots. And, uh... Just in time for the third robot to
0: appear. Well, and one of the other details that they had was that, uh... Mr. Mind kept talking to Savannah, and he's like, Now that I have Captain Marvel in here, I don't need you
1: anymore. Because they were going to have the Mar er, Savannah was going to control one of the robots while Mary is going to control the other one. Well, that downright just pizzles off Dr. Savannah, who picks Mary up and throws her off of the building. On live TV. On live TV. Well, Billy's been captured by Mister Mind at that point in time. Because he was trying. Uh, all
0: the bugs were telling him to pilot the robot and save Mary. But he's
1: not able to do it in time. So what does he do? Shazam. And then, bam! Because magic and magic happened, Captain Marvel is as big as the giant robots. So, I mean, he's, what, like 50 stories high? Yeah. At least, yeah. Well, he picks Mary up, puts her away, and then he starts getting into a fight with the giant robots. Basically, it becomes Pacific Rim up in here. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he, like, pretty much takes both of them out with one punch. He does take him out exactly a it, punch. It, the punch is so big that it creates a black hole singularity. Yeah.
1: Sucking Superboy. <laughs> and yeah, as such, uh, Captain Marvel gets sucked into this black hole along with the robots and Mr. Mind. So that the only thing left is a whole bunch of giant piles of cockroaches and ants, Billy Batson and Dr. Savannah at the top of each of them. And then they're just like, I wonder what's keeping them up. Oh right, nothing.
0: (laughs) It's just one of those (laughs) great cartoon physics moments where it's like, technically all of them would smash,
1: And then there's a giant tidal wave of cockroaches and ants that takes over our super hot reporter (laughs) and Takayutani, to which everyone is now freaking out because they are covered in ants and roaches. Well, Dr. Sophan is super pissed because he wanted to take over the world and make a huge war profiteering moment there. So he pulls a gun on little Billy Batson. But what happens? Why Mary turns out is bulletproof and takes the bullet for him. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of just like slaps him across the face. Correction, she does
0: slap him across the face. And uh, Billy can't say Shazam to transform anymore.
1: So Mary grabs his hands, He says Shazam, and is able to give him back his powers as well. Mm -hmm. And then, bam, government arrests him. The government arrests Savannah. Sorry. Government arrest Savannah. As Captain Marvel and Mary fly off. They go back to the Rock of Eternity and talk with Obi-Wizard Kenobi who says, Good job, guys! All the statues closed their eyes when Dr. Savannah got arrested. Turns out Mr. Mind wasn't really a threat at all. And then the entire series here ends with Billy and Mary and Taki talking to the heads of SNN. And they're like, You did a pretty good job, kid. You're a ratings goldmine. How would you like to have a job? How would you like to join our radio family? I've never had a family before. Oh. The end.
0: It's, it feels oddly timeless and yet still really potent mm-hmm. at the same time, which is one of those great abilities to have happen. I mean. Yeah.
1: Jessup does that incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he gave us a really nice, I mean, so accessible. Because, like, I mean, at this point, this is still what I was just, like, reading comics from, like borrowing them from my friends, best friend's uh, father. So this was actually, like, one of the first series I actually bought pretty much by myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had no knowledge of who Shazam even was. I yeah. was just obsessed with Jeff Smith and was buying it purely off his name alone.
0: Yeah, I had uh, picked this up because I heard really good stuff about it. But the only uh, Shazam experience i knew was from like the one episode of justice league unlimited where he showed up and oh yeah like that's one of the problems i mean he doesn't get a lot of good representation partially because he was from the rival uh company partially because it's hard to fit in a character who's so optimistic into this world where they want to have batman yeah active yeah no i agree but no, it's it is the definition of a all ages story. Yeah. Where like anyone can read it, it's one of those comics you can give to literally anyone, and if they don't like it, uh, they may be part of the Monster Society of Evil. Probably.
1: His optimism—that's pretty much and the lightheartedness. Like that's one of the reasons that he's usually my favorite, like the DC characters. Mm-hmm. And the uh, sort of fantasy of everything. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of has like a little bit more of a unique flair, more so than everyone else.
0: That brings us on to our next two stories that are different canonical looks at uh, Shazam and Captain Marvel. And the first one that we're going to discuss is the Convergence Shazam, which was written by Jeff Parker, with illustration work by Doc Shaner, and Jordi Belair did the colors. And Jordi Belair is one of those artists who keeps showing up everywhere as a colorist, and he blows it away every time. If you remember from our Convergence special, Evil Brainiac has bottled a whole bunch of cities from universes that got destroyed or changed. And so this is earth S Faucet City, where for the past year, uh, since Billy and Mary Marvel have returned from space, uh, like I mentioned uh, from their original DC return, they have not been able to transform. And the entire city is thrown into chaos because they've been trapped inside for a year. And Billy and Mary and Captain Marvel Jr. and all of their friends are trying to just keep the peace as much as they can. Trying to inspire the people. But things are quickly changing. You have a guy who tries to suicide bomb the base to try and call out Captain Marvel. And uh, Bullet Man and Bullet Girl, like, pull him away. But he dies.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like they didn't really actually like mention. Yeah, they seem to kind of like gloss over the fact that that man just died.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of these weird things that's going on is uh, Sterling Morris, who's the head of uh, K Wiz, the radio station where Billy works, and Uncle Dudley, who is Captain Marvel or uh, Uncle Marvel, have been acting really suspicious. And uh, one of these great details that. They put into this is uh, Jeff Parker has in uh, Ordway and uh, Captain Billy's Whizbang and uh, the Binder Theater that's playing Captain Billy's Whizbang as all of these background details. Uh, Sp- Spy Smasher and Ibis also show up in uh, posters and it's just these great callbacks to what had been there before. Captain Billy's Whizbang, if you. Remember the play The Music Man? Was one of the scandalous magazines that kids could have that inspired uh, the parents to pay for the band from The Music Man. You don't, you don't know uh, The Music Man? I've never seen it, no.
1: Oh.
0: It was one of the things that they showed all the time like junior high school.
1: With Matthew Broderick?
0: No. The original one? Pshh. It's all about the Matthew Broderick. Okay. With Inspector Gadget as The Music Man. But yeah, uh, Freddy, who is Captain Marvel Jr., uh, Billy, and Mary all go to the subway where they've been following uh, their two adult leaders, and they're quickly snatched up by Mr. Adam, who is a giant, old-school-style robot. Like He almost looks like a uh, Tezuma design, the guy yeah. in uh, Astro Boy. Yeah. He captures them, and it turns out that they, uh, he was reassembled. Thanks to King Cole, who was King Cole, and uh, the members of the Monster Society of Evil. And King Cole is a Neanderthal who
1: has been alive since the start of time. Yeah. Well, one of the things I really liked about this was just the product placement that was going on in this. is the fact they are like, let's go meet at the subway, guys. I mean, I was just like, ah, do you see? We really try to get in those $5 footlongs. (laughs)
0: Okay, uh we quickly find out that uh who we thought were Uncle or who we thought was Uncle Dudley is actually Dr. Savannah. And it's uh IBAC who has been pretending to be uh Mr. Morris. And they had created their own magic word with the help of Ogar, who was a wizard, who uh made us uh whenever they said IBAC, they could transform into these people who Billy Batson, and all of the Marvels would trust.
1: I also thought Ibeck looked very similar to uh, Black Adam. In a way. Not gonna lie. Because I got really confused.
0: Now they're actually stuck in the uh, forms of Uncle Dudley and uh, Mr. Morris. But they can just make it look like who they actually are. Which is one of those neat details. And Dudley and Morris have been trapped for like the entire year so Mr. Talky shows up, and it's great. He's like, the name's
1: Tony, and I'm doing the talking here. I also loved how Talky Tawny looked in this one, too, because in the Jeff Smith one, he's like a tiger on all four legs, but in this one, he's a tiger in a fucking suit. A green plaid suit
0: with a polka dot tie. He looks so fucking fly in this thing. <laughs> yes. That's the way that he should look. Like, there is the uh, great issue of uh, Final Crisis, where uh, Dasad has taken over one of the future tigers from Commandy mm-hmm. and Mr. Tawny shows up, and he just beats the heck out of him while
1: wearing his suit. Ah, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, next time, Jeff Smith, next time you can mm-hmm. get in that suit. Yes. But uh, all of a sudden,
0: the portal or the gateway that has been shutting down the entire city uh, er, that has been keeping their powers from getting to them, shuts down, and so, uh, with the barrier down, Iback accidentally says his name because he talks in first person and turns back into Mr. Morris, and so the, uh, and so Billy and everyone transforms into their superhero personas, and it is beautiful, like, uh, Evan Doc Shaner is such a great artist for this like he's got that really fun retro style but the shazams start transforming back into the captain marvel or the captain marvel family transforms back into their form and they're able to stop the villains with the help from uncle dudley and uh mr morris and the day is saved unfortunately you have to lead into the second issue which has not come out yet at this time where the steampunk, Batman, Gotham by Gaslight universe is invading with a bunch of blimps. But I, I feel like Jeff Smith can do really fun stuff with that. Jeff Smith?
1: You mean Jeff Parker? Yes, Jeff Parker. Sorry, Jeff. Wrong, Jeff. But they're both really, really good. They are. But as much as I love Jeff Smith, the book wouldn't have been out in time. Anywhere close. And uh, the other story to bring
0: up is Thunderworld Adventure, uh, New Thunderworld Adventures from The Multiversity, which was by Grant Morrison with art by Cameron Stewart, colors by Nathan Fairbairn, and uh, letters by Steve Wands. And Nathan Fairbairn is another one of those great illustrators. Uh, one of these interesting details is that the Rock Paternity actually sits outside the DC Multiverse. Going to quickly pull up. The map of the DC cosmos.
1: So just kind of like where, what, what is everything with the multiverse? Everything just kind of seems to keep kind of changing. Uh sometime we can do a full. Such as I'm Brainiac. I exist outside of all multiverses. Yeah,
0: that that was not part of what Morrison had really proposed, and I like Morrison's construction of the universe a lot more but we have all of these 52 universes that are situated around uh, the House of Heroes, the Rock of Eternity on one side, and it's just sort of floating in between these universes. And you've got the uh, outer realms like Heaven, Dream, the Underworld, Apocalypse, Hell, uh, Limbo, Skyland, and all of these that are all within the Source Wall. And yeah, sometime I'll have to get into a full discussion about this. One of my favorite details is that uh, the universe where all the Jack Kirby stuff exists is on the exact opposite side of the universe as where all the uh, Stan Lee Just Imagine universe stuff is. We're going to get there someday and it is going to be rough. Uh, Yeah, we have the 52 universes and outside of it you have one rock of eternity for all of the worlds. One true new genesis for all the worlds. One true apocalypse for all the worlds. And that's where everything exists. Uh, Multiversity is about a group called the Gentry that are working on a secret plan that is going to destroy all of the multiverses. And so this story is Captain Marvel and the day that never was. Where we start off in the Rock of Eternity where Shazam is... Where the wizard Shazam is looking at a calendar and he sees a new day that has appeared. Savannah's Day. And a second rock of eternity has appeared that is being piloted by Doctor Savannah and uh, his three children. And he has his daughter. She looks like Tina Belcher. (laughs) uh, He has uh, corrupted the magic so that Savannah is works just like the word Shazam, and so his three children say the word. And transform. And meanwhile, Billy Batson is trying to cover the newspaper, or is trying to cover the news in town, and all of time is breaking apart. You've got, like, a Native American, you've got a caveman, you've got a dinosaur, you've got a guy on an old-timey bicycle, you've got a future space trooper. And... The bicycle is probably just some hipster. (laughs) I don't know, he pulls off the look pretty well. And there's this great report where it's like, uh, his boss, Mr. Sterling, is like, Batson's report is dynamite. How do you think the kid does it? And the guy who's working with him is like,
1: loosely enforced child laws, Mr. Morris. <laughs> Which it, it, it really is. I would say, if you're, even like him getting a job at the end of Monster's Side of just like, but he's like, what, 10 or 12 at the most?
0: <laughs> and uh, a second Billy Batson shows up holding a uh, weird gym and he tells Billy to look at the sun and look at the clock. And he uh fades away warning that Black Savannah is coming. And the three Savannah kids show up. One of his uh Dr. Savannah's sons is like, You think you think you're so clever, don't you? And Billy's like, Just clever enough behind you, and transforms into Shazam. And he brings uh Or he whistles for his friends Mary and uh Freddie, who's actually reading DC comics and one of the other comics from Multiversity specifically, and that leads into a whole other multiversity thing where some of those comics are actually cursed. But that's a whole other multiversity thing and Meanwhile, we find that uh, Dr. Savannah has also gotten one of these comics, and it told him about the parallel worlds where he could recruit the other savannas from so theoretically, he's got an army of fifty one other savannas, which include vampire savannah, female savannah, snake savannah. Uh, Black Savannah and Luchador Savannah.
1: And
0: like Hannibal Lecter Savannah. Yeah, evil Hannibal Lecter Savannah. And he's used uh, Suspendium, which is the element of time gathered from all of these other universes to uh, basically take control of time. And he's starting with the first eight, uh, step, which is the eighth day of the week. And uh, Shazam warns him they're digging out the magic when it's gone, when it's all hollowed out. When nothing remains but cogs and wheels, pipes and bright lights, the universe will lose its secret heart. You'll have all of it, but none of it. None of it will be worth anything. This whole story is, like, multiversity is one of Grant Morrison's weird pieces on, basically, the dangers of deconstructing stories and trying to formalize worlds and education, er, uh, worlds and entertainment, and, uh... So he's able to get the staff from the Wizard Shazam because he's just becoming so weak. Uh, meanwhile, Captain Marvel is fighting the savannas, and they're outthinking them, which is great, because there's a uh, scene where uh, Savannah's daughter uh, is trying to say that she's hotter than Mary Marvel, and uh, she talks to Junior Marvel, and she's like, uh, "Junior, back me up. It doesn't matter what they say. Boys only go for girls who look hot, right?" And he's like, uh, I guess she presents some pretty good evidence. That's for sure. Wow. And Mary's just getting really angry at him. He eventually asks her her name. She's like, my name? It's Georgia. Georgia Savannah. And she just uh, transforms back, which is one of those great all-the-time uh, tricks for dealing with Shazam. Yep. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Monster Society of Evil shows up with a giant crocodile man, giant insect uh, one of the members of the gentry. And uh, it's all a plan to delay. So the Lieutenant Marvel will show up with talkie Tawny and uh, Uncle Dudley and Fat Marvel. And they've all got laser cannons and jetpacks, which is just glorious. it's the best. Uh, Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary stay there uh, to help fight off evil. Well, uh, the big Captain Marvel flies into the subway to go and save... Every $5 footlongs. And uh, he just gets caught up in this massive cascade of all of these trains. And meanwhile, we see more of uh, the Savannah team. There's a baby Savannah. There's a goatee
1: Savannah. There's a not-evil Savannah. Which was my favorite. He was the best. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, so I give like you guys all this information. We're just here to save the world. We're not all evil dicks, right? <laughs> Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's where we get to
0: see uh, evil Hannibal Lecter Sivan, like, bring them to me, the pretty little heroine, the bright boy. I can't wait to mess him up so bad. And main Savannah's is like, uh, quite. And so we see that the Rock of Eternity has basically been chained up to this fake Rock of Eternity. There's armies of uh, Savannah bots, And meanwhile, uh, Captain... Marvel just breaks his way through there. He reaches uh, the wizard, Shazam, who's in a cage, and uh, Savannah with the staff. And he says his name, and he turns into Black Savannah, who's this sort of ogre-esque beast. He's just beating the heck out of uh, Captain Marvel. So uh, he reverts back to Billy and grabs some of the time forts that he showed up. And we have the him going back to where he warned Billy before. Well, in and, uh, fact, if you're really me, what number am I thinking of? Sixty-nine dudes Wow. And uh he transforms uh Billy transforms back into Captain Marvel, and he points out that the day uh, or that uh savannah's day is already over, eight hours in, because all of the other savannahs didn't give him the full suspendium that he was supposed to get. And so, with his day over, the day we you where think
1: he would, like, him double-checked that shit
0: before he
1: started this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, the power of ego. He's able to force himself to turn back. He says, curse you, Savannah! Uh, cursing the other Savannas. And he's out of power. And since it's a new day, he has lost, just like every other time. The Monster Society of Evil is defeated. Captain Marvel looks into the Legion of Superheroes comic or the Society of Superheroes comic, sees that it doesn't have a happy ending, just reads it and throws it away. He goes off on to the next big adventure. And he actually shows up in a few other issues of uh, the Multiversity, where uh, the other savannas are still doing their evil plans, like working with uh, the people who are opposing the Nazi Justice League, and they're raiding other energy stores. And... Yeah, we'll have to do a The Multiversity issue sometime. Yeah. But, like, we've had two really, really good uh, Shazam Captain Marvel stories this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes me hope that we're going to get more of them, but part of me doubts it. I don't know. With the whole movie
1: coming out, I think that could help. It could, but... The way that they got... It's always, like, weird seeing how, like, little actual, like, comics he has. just Because, like, if you look at, like, his other stuff, he's in it quite often. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, all the big video games. If it's, like, a full DC roster, he's always in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, I mean, he was not in Justice, He was in Mar- DC versus mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. He was in LEGO Mar- uh, DC and Batman.
0: So, I mean, he's one of those great characters who would like to see more of, but he just doesn't get enough good representation. Yeah. And like right now in the comics, Billy is not really the innocent good kid who is needed. I'd say. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe a little change with the movie coming out. Though mm-hmm. they're pushing for the darker, that's what scares me more well, than anything. What has me happy is that the guy who's really
0: pushing for a lot of it is it's The Rock, right? Yeah. And The Rock is the guy who wants. The Rock. The, Rock's, the Rock's playing Black, Black, Black Adam. Yeah. But I feel like he's a person who doesn't want a bad Billy Batson story. No, I agree. Or a really bad... But that was was a
1: little bit of what disappointed me, though, was I really wanted The Rock to play Captain Marvel. Yeah. But uh,
0: now we've got some uh, multiverses to put onto the chart. So uh, the first universe that we have is we're going to uh, put Shazam and the Monster Society of Evil into its own universe. And I think it's going to rank highly. I mean, it's a simple universe but it has depth to it. I'd love to see a follow-up to it. Oh like I agree. Black Adam or
1: But only if Jeff Smith is doing
0: it. Yeah. Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith robust. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to put it? Because
1: I know you feel very strongly. Honestly about it. I would put it as number one of everything we've read so far. I love this story. I love this universe.
0: I am perfectly fine doing that. So, our new number one is Shazam. And this universe is, like, nicely fleshed out, too. Yeah, that's what
1: I'd say. Monster
0: society of
1: evil. Despite only being four issues long. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it is. They are four relatively uh, sizable issues. Yes. And uh, up next, we
0: have Earth S, which was another really well-fleshed out
1: Which one was that one? Universe. That was the Convergence. Oh, Convergence. Uh, uh, Go through our list again, Luke. (laughs) It'll rank high, it's just not going to rank as high. Uh,
0: I would be fine putting this above Justice League, The Nail, and Another Nail. Yeah, I would too. Earth, S. Faucet City is number four. And then we have... Thunderworld.
1: What else we have? What what's in between Earth S and above?
0: Uh, right now, we have Shazam, Monster Society of Evil. Uh, what if the Avengers formed in the nineteen fifties, aka Agents of Atlas? What if the Avengers fought Galactus and then Faucet City? I, I I
1: give
0: it number three. Earth five. Thunderworld. That is definitely uh, switching some stuff that we've had firmly on the list for a while, which mm-hmm. is nice. Because I thought someone was never going to let us top uh, was, uh of Atlas.
1: For Jeff Smith's Shazam, I would do it.
0: <laughs> the question is, can we ever come across something that can top that?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. How are you going to go and top that? I don't know. Top that. We're doing Daredevil End of Days a little bit. That was a really good series. Mm-hmm. Though
0: our next episode is going to be What If Dr. Doom Became the Sorcerer Supreme? Uh, Yes, this has been Multiversal Q's 10th episode. I'm Luke. You can find me on Twitter at at @coltreg. And I'm Devin. You can find me at FredOFed. If you want to follow Multiversal Q... On Twitter, it's at Multiversal Q. If you want to send us an email to suggest things or stories to add on to our list of uh, trials of the multiverse, you can do that at MultiversalQ at gmail.com. Uh, we are also uh, publishing on iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher is working correctly again. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's Stitcher.
1: Yeah.
0: The Stitcher. We also have Facebook. Mm-hmm. We do have our Facebook, and still haven't gotten around to the Tumblr yet, but I've been busy. Uh, if you do have uh, questions, feel free to send those in as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, next week, like I said, we will be back uh, with our normal episode covering What If, Doctor Doom, uh, or, Sorcerer Supreme. or Sorcerer Supreme, and we're going to be having a special episode coming up soon where we're going to be talking to these. Uh, creative crew of x-men 92 for sims and chad bowers in our first interview it's gonna be exciting mm-hmm. uh, be sure to check out our website multiversalq.com for uh, additional notes links to stuff that we enjoy and our special comic that finally went up yes thank you for listening and we'll see you next week